This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, June 17th. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the past week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. And of course, we love that feedback. So leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin with Hall of Fame defensive end Bruce Smith. He posted Instagram comments about newly elected Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli and his election and upcoming enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Baselli is not planning on reacting publicly. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco did react publicly on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio with Jeff Lagerman and me Thursday afternoon. He said much more. We'll get to it coming up. Pete Prisco of CBS Sports might have a few things to say about this as well. Good afternoon to you, Pete. What's up? What's up, JP? You know, uh, look, it's it's nice to see Bruce saying those things because we've got to knock the celly down a few pegs before the ceremony, don't we? Nah, I'm kidding. But, I mean, you know, JP, all we ever talk about is how giant his head is. Well, that thing is going to be out of control in the next two months. So, I mean, you know, bringing him down a little bit is not a bad thing, right? <laughs> That's not what I was expecting to hear, but, yeah, I guess. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, and uh, I just don't understand where Bruce is coming from and why Why now? Why all of a sudden do you pop that out there and say that? And and. It just isn't a good look for him. This is an exclusive club, and welcome to the club, everybody. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to take a shot at the guy who's now coming into the club. It, it just Bruce Smith looks terrible uh, with the way he handled this thing, and, and I, I think that's getting a lot of pushback, and he's getting a lot of pushback, which is the way it should be. Pete, and then the other thing I think that's disappointing is that he makes a statement, but then in that statement he uses the line, and I'm going to read this because I think this is important. He says, uh, uh, I and other Hall of Famers. He uses that as if there's other Hall of Famers that believe the same as him. That's, I mean, that's, that's not okay to say, well, you know, I got some other guys that are in the Hall of Fame that don't appreciate what's happening here. You don't do that. Yeah, because I mean, Name they, names, Bruce. If he, well, you don't name names because, yeah, you know not? what, let them attach their own thoughts yeah. to their own name. You don't just drag a couple more guys in anonymously to help make your point. I mean, I, I just think that that was just, that was just chicken you-know-what. You know who one of those guys is, and, and, and I've because I've actually talked to him over the years, and, and I've argued with him, and, and it, one of those guys that never thought Tony was that good was John Randall. And the reason being, you remember the game up there, Log. Well, you were on the team that year, right? That was the year Jonathan Quinn, were you, you were still there, weren't you? What year was that? When Jonathan what year was that when Jonathan Quinn had to play quarterback at Minnesota on a Monday night? Maybe you were, maybe you weren't on the team that I don't year. know. But, but it was a nobody. Every Jonathan Quinn was the third team quarterback, and he had to start the game. And the Vikings were one of the better teams in the league that year, and they went up there and got ambushed. And Tony had a bad game, like everybody did. And Tony will be the first to admit he says it now to this day. I didn't play well against Randall, and John Randall will sit there and say. Well, Tony wasn't a good player. And I go, John, you can't say that off of one game. Give me a break. I mean, that's ridiculous. And and so that's probably the other guy that Bruce Smith's talking about. But Yeah, but let uh, John Randall is, speak his mind. I mean, don't don't, right. you know, I don't agree. say that. I agree. I just don't understand. What was the reasoning for it? 
it's not just one game. By the way, he played him again and handled him in the next time they played, too. Remember that? People don't realize that. He dominated him again in the second time he played him. Uh, so I, I just I think it's a bad look for Bruce Smith. That was the final Jaguars Happy Hour radio show of the offseason, and we'll be back the first week of training camp at the end of July. Now to the Ozone Podcast this week. Number one overall pick, outside linebacker Trayvon Walker sat down with John Osier and talked through plenty, including how it's gone so far in Jacksonville. What have the last six weeks been like? Uh, the last six weeks for me, man, it's just been like a grind, like just coming in to work every day, trying to grasp all the plays, things of that sort. The language of what they use here is mm-hmm. totally different from college. Just basically been on the grind, trying to learn everything, process everything. So in this little break that we get now, just continue to grow off of that and come back in a better position than I was when I left. Now, I should say thank you from the start because I know media, I know talking about yeah. yourself is not really your thing, right? Yes, sir. Definitely. I really don't like the – I wouldn't say media isn't my thing. It's just I don't like being singled out. Sure. Like It's all, it's a lot of other people out here. Like I really don't mind doing a lot of different interviews with other players mm-hmm. with me the way I'm not just always the, I got you. the attention. Talking to people about you a little bit and reading a little bit about you, Obviously, your family and uh, your parents, a huge influence. You chose to be with them during the draft. Is that approach from your upbringing just not really a lot about Trayvon? You'd rather be about other people and, and about a group, I guess. Yeah, I basically just say how I was raised. And then growing up, like I was always one of the, the biggest kids mm-hmm. playing on the field. So I always received attention and I always felt myself just shine back away from all the attention I was getting. So, like, people look after a game, they'll always be like, oh, you did so good. I'll be like, thank you. I'll tell them thank you, but once they keep dwelling on it, like, I don't – Right. Like, no need to keep dwelling on this in the past. I'm trying to move on and just keep improving. In that sense, I would guess football appeals to you because it's maybe the ultimate team game, right? Yes, sir. That's that's definitely what it is. When Like, I look at football, my main goal is to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it's going to take a complete team effort in order to do that. And was that I assume that's what was fun about last year because everything you read about that Georgia team you were on, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of pride in what you guys were accomplishing, and a lot of pride in what other players around you were accomplishing. Yes, sir. Like last year, our, one of our main goals was just connection and mm-hmm. having that connection with the guy beside you make you realize a lot of other things outside of things on the football field things off the field as well so, so you really get to know that player as a person in general instead of just a teammate it's almost not a fair question but growing up i assumed i assume you followed football i assume you had this dream did you ever even dream about being the number one pick or does that not even enter your mind or you just i mean i'd love to know how that process works yeah. for the player I definitely have to say if you're a true foot like for me i was i love football growing up always so of course, growing up, I always dreamt I would be a number one NFL sure. draft pick one day. And, I mean, hey, it came true <laughs> later on down the line. But it was something that I never just really stressed on. Got you. Like, I always told myself, yeah, I want to be number one. But my main goal was just to get there. Like Once I got there, I know everything was going to take care of itself. I'm a hard worker. Mm-hmm. I'm very dedicated to the game. So, as long as I just continue in those footsteps, continue to grow as a person and a player, and it's going to work out for the best on my end. The Ozone Podcast is available now through the podcast link on Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars Podcast Network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. 
Some great shows and events are coming up at Daly's Place. Tonight, it's Cheer Live, Friday, June 17th. Tomorrow, June 18th, the Jacksonville Juneteenth Celebration. And then Friday, June 24th, Tedeschi Trucks Band with Los Lobos and Gabe Dixon. Tickets and information at dailysplace.com. Owner Shad Khan, head coach Doug Peterson, and team president Mark Lamping react to the naming of the Miller Electric Center. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jaguars are future focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season. Single game tickets are on sale now for the two preseason home games. The Browns and the Steelers are coming in. And of course, the regular season home games in Jacksonville feature the Colts, Texans, Giants, Raiders, Ravens, Cowboys, and Titans. Prowl passes are also available. Lock in a season seat for as low as $299. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Let's rewind now to Monday. The Jaguars, the city of Jacksonville, and Miller Electric held a press conference to announce the naming of the new Jaguars football building as the Miller Electric Center. Jaguars owner, Shad Khan. We all want to move downtown Jacksonville forward. Today's announcement is proof that it's happening. Miller Electric has been doing business in Jacksonville for nearly a century. Your belief in what's possible for the entirety of the community is appreciated and is inspirational. Your support will undoubtedly make a major impact on our football team. And that, by extension, will make a positive difference throughout Duval. So to Henry Brown and everyone at Miller Electric, thank you. Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. You know, on behalf of myself, general manager Trent Balky, all the coaches and players, we got to say thank you. Thank you for this great opportunity. Uh, to Miller Electric, Mr. Brown, uh, for your commitment long-standing commitment here uh, in Jacksonville and, and building, building what's going to be uh, a state-of-the-art facility for any, any NFL organization. It's going to be cutting edge. We're looking forward to it as coaches, obviously, next summer, uh, handing the keys over to us so that we can go in and get to work. And uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you, and uh, we're looking forward to getting this thing going. Appreciate it. Miller Electric CEO Henry Brown. The Jaguars share our commitment to the long-term success of our community and we're proud to partner with the Jaguars on workforce development initiatives to expand economic opportunity to every corner of our city. The Miller Electric Center is symbolic of our shared commitment to Jacksonville and powering performance both on and off the field. Thank you. Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry, City Council President Sam Newby, General Manager Trent Balky, and Team President Mark Lamping were also on the dais Monday afternoon. Lamping then joined Jags Drive Time Tuesday morning with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton and discussed the naming rights, the future of the Jaguars Stadium, and the shipyards. 
it feels like it's an overdue project. Well, it, it, it unlocks a lot of other things. That's why at the time when we were able, fortunate enough to get approval for this project, I said it was something that's going to be really, really significant in the history of the Jaguars. The reason for that is, is it was the necessary first step for us to be able to really dig into um, the stadium of the future. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to make sure that TIA Bank Field uh, meets the needs of our, of our, of our, uh, of our fans, of other stakeholders, of the universities of Florida and Georgia, the Gator Bowl, concert uh, uh, promoters. We have to make sure that this stadium can meet the needs of all of those parties going well in the future so that we can achieve our ultimate goal, which is to ensure that there is NFL football here in Northeast Florida for generations to come. Where is that stadium project right now? You know, we, uh, we kicked it off about two years ago with the, with the city of Jacksonville. Uh, we've gone through a series of necessary first steps. Again, some of them pretty boring, a full assessment of the of the stadium, but something really important came out of that, which is the structural systems within the stadium are in, are in good shape. And, and, and that's an important finding because it opens up the possibility for a renovation versus having to replace the, the facility. We then went to the next step of, uh, of uh, developing 3D drawings of the stadium as it exists right now. Um, we uh, have been communicating, uh, you know, with uh, with our fans. We've had over uh, well over five thousand responses to a survey. Fans telling us those things that are important to them in in this uh, uh, in in the future stadium, and we actually uh, you know engaged uh, a handful of uh, of sports architects to give us their ideas and concepts, and we're beginning to 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 narrow that down and. And if we can get to the point where we think we can come up with a design that, that meets the needs of, of our customers, that meets the needs of the other stakeholders, that meets the, the needs of Jaguars and our employees, you know, uh, we, we're here every day, and then we can begin to, to get some idea of what something like that might cost, then we're in a position to really dial up our, our uh, conversation with, with, with the city. The city's been involved from the beginning. I feel really comfortable about the working relationship uh, you know, that we have. And... You know, again, this is this is the, a really, really important first step. You know, the Miller Electric Center, and now we can really get into probably the most, the more important issue, which is how do we make sure we have a stadium that's going to meet the needs of all involved for uh, you know decades to come. Mark, you've been involved with an incredible amount of this kind of construction, built MetLife, or were heavily involved with MetLife. How different is a potential renovation than building? How much more complicated? Well, it's it's uh, it's cheaper to renovate than to build new. Right. You don't have to go find another site. You know, you don't have to, you know, repeat all the infrastructure that's necessary uh, to support a new stadium site. So it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. It, it is more complex, particularly when you're trying to take a a 30 year old building and get it get it state of the art. Because there's retrofitting, I guess, and that sort of thing. So many things yeah. have changed, and you have so much that's embedded into this building. It is easier to build new. Right. You know. It's less disruptive to build new. You close one down and you move into the, ne- right. the next one. It's completely <laughs> done. So renovations generally take longer. You know, they they're stretched out a little bit, just like we're dealing with uh, with the construction of the um, you know the the Miller Electric Center. The football team's a little inconvenienced right now mm-hmm. because they're having to practice each and every day on the game field. Now, you know they really like it so far. The players love it. I think it adds a good atmosphere. Um, but you know that's the, that's something that will will not be necessary to do once we get the new facility open, and even things like this 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 studio right here will be over in the 
um, uh, the uh, Mill Electric Center. Uh, we'll have better accommodations for the media, significantly better accommodations for our players, and hopefully all of that will lead to a better development process, um, easier coaching, and uh, you know more wins to come. So much going on right now. Everyone wants to know about the shipyards and the Four yeah. Seasons. Where is that project right now? Well, we're 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 moving ahead. Now, there's no question we've uh, we've had to deal with a you know a bushel full of issues, but. Anyone who's involved in construction these days, whether you're doing a renovation at your house or you're mm-hmm. building a new home, you know how difficult it is. And, and that's a result of so many things that are happening. It's really a unique time. You have this uh, unprecedented level of inflation. You have the remnants of, uh, of COVID that are still impacting you know, supply chain as it relates to getting uh, materials. Uh, you have the financial market unrest, which is related to some of the global uncertainties that we're dealing with right now. And, and, and you have uh, a real difficult time as it relates to what's happening in the construction industry. You've got so much work that's out there. You don't have enough labor to be able to support that work. And it makes it difficult to uh, be able to get uh, a healthy number, uh, in many cases, a healthy number of, of subcontractors to bid mm-hmm. on your work. All of those things combined drive cost up. And, you know, you have to deal with that. It's not a condition that's going to last forever, uh, but it is uh, it's, it's something we've been dealing with. But, you know, again, this, this, this project is so important to Shad. It's so important to his, uh, his, his belief of, of something that can be a real catalyst to help downtown Jacksonville realize its full potential. And to the degree that Jacksonville fulfills its, its, its full potential as it relates to people working here, people visiting here, people living here, if those things are all addressed, that has great benefits to the Jacksonville Jaguars and our, long, our long-term stability here in Northeast Florida, which is the shot stated goal from day one. Jags drive time is now on hiatus for the summer. They'll be back the first week of training camp in late July. The archive available on jaguars.com and the Jags social channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com using the podcast link at the top of the homepage or the official Jaguars podcast network, of course, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. That's it for the week and for the offseason. Enjoy the summer, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you in training camp on the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.